Welcome to the Doc G Show, a radio show cluster f- Without further ado, critics have said he has the face for radio and a voice for silent films. Your host, Ben Doc G Gordon. And we are on the air. Welcome to the Doc G Show. I'm your host, Doc G, with me, as always, the one, the only, Dave Burles Berlin. Doc, it's a beautiful, wonderful Wednesday. That's right. And I was just thinking, this is our first Wednesday after a Jaguars win, so oh, happy winning Wednesday. Oh, nice. Nice alliteration, yeah. Dave. Good work. Thank you. Good work. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And it was a, a weekend off since they played on Thursday. It was like you could just bask in their victory over the weekend. And oh, then, yeah. Didn't have to worry about anything. Yeah, exactly. Just Very nice. It. Very nice. I, I got to say... I'm a I'm a big fan of the new quarterback. That guy, he's a Dude, gunslinger. So true, you know. Dude, I I love it. The the mustache, yeah, the jorts, yeah, the swag, and oh, like Min- I don't want to say Minshew Mafia, baby. I don't want to say anything against Bortles because the dude gave his all. So but true. like he's sort of yeah. like the exact opposite of Bortles. Like Bortles was like this, like you know, sort of conservative guy, and it always seemed like he was afraid, like he didn't want to step out of the box of being mm-hmm. like a quarterback, the traditional quarterback. And and mm-hmm. and and Minshew is just like you know what. Whatever. Word. Here I'm I am. I'm a superstar. Take yep. me as I am. I've got a mustache. Oh, yeah. Like great hair. Bortles yeah. was balding. Yeah, oh. I, I feel. I feel like. I feel like. Uh, and then again, not taking away anything from him, but I feel like he's the poor man's Baker Mayfield. So true. Like that's what yeah. I feel like. I, I feel like he's like the natty light to a Coors light. Word. And I'm like, you know mm-hmm. what? I'll take the natty light. Yeah. Sure. I'll take it. I'll, you know, if it's if it's what we got in the fridge and it's working, keep it going, man. Amen. 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 Well, uh, that that's a good start, Dave. And uh, I'm you. I'm very uh, I'm very optimistic. What? Optimistic about the uh, mm-hmm. about the season. Um, yeah. I would consider myself an optimist. You know. Okay. I, you see I, the, you see the good in things. Amen. I don't I don't consider myself a negative Nancy. Maybe no. uh. A contemptuous Katie, a pessimistic oh. Pete, a mm. gloomy Gus, and various other oh, wow. alliterations. Yeah, I came up with a lot of them. I had like twenty. Wham. Um, wow! Here's, look at that, both of us. Here's how optimist, optimistic I am, Dave. I think, for the most part, people like our show. Wait, what? That's how <laughs> yeah, optimistic I, so I am. There you go. Um, and are you ready for another one? I'm so optimistic. Yes. I think people, besides poor Emma, our program director, are still listening right now. Nope. That's what that's what I think. That's what I think. That's how yeah. optimistic I am. Uh, but I've okay. got to say, the other day, I was out-optimized, if that's the term. Uh, I'm sure it isn't. Nope. But anyways, I was out-optimized by somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, here's Someone what happened. More optimistic than yourself. Yes. Let me let, let me set up this story. So I was leaving work the other night. It's pretty late, right? Mm-hmm. I was pretty tired. I wasn't paying much attention to anything, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I got in my car, and uh, I started to pull out of my space. Well, I uh, had forgot that I parked beside the curb, right? And the curb was very high, right? It was a very high curb. 
and my mm-hmm. car is very low. So true. Well, okay. I, I turned too sharp. And as soon as I turned too sharp, I started to hear the horrible sound of metal being scratched. And by the time, you know, I realized what was going on, I was already too Mm -hmm. deep, you know? Either way I went, if I backed up, I was just going to re-scratch the same area. If I went forward, I was just going to scratch some more. And I was just like, oh, man. Yeah. And so I get out, and I I have just scratched the out of the very bottom of my car. Like, right on the passenger side, very oh, bottom, just no. this little... Yeah. I was hoping it was going to be the rim and not nope. the car. No, oh. it was it was actually the body. And I've got to say, that's one of the most disgusting feelings that's a fact. you can have. Because, like, there was nothing I could do about it. Like, I can't magically make it not have happened. And, like, I can't just throw money at it right away and fix it. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. And, and I can't make it disappear. Nope. And you can't blame anyone because I'm just stupid. So true. Like, it was Dude. my fault 100%, and I just have to wallow in it, you know? And you just... Yeah, I did, I did the exact same thing a few years ago. Yeah. I was parked in a parking garage. There, there happened to be the one column... Uh, to like the back right of my car and I was kind of in a rush and get in and I do a quick turn just like you did yeah and literally just slam the mm. whole side of my car into the column mm. and like you said you just kind of sit there and look at it you're just like how you just feel like the most worthless piece yeah. of crap and you just curse yourself for your own dumbness like you're just like ah and it doesn't make you feel any better nope because no. you you did it, and there's no getting around it. So this is the backdrop of me driving down the road. That just happened. So here yeah. I am about to get optimized. I'm driving down the road, and I look to my right at the stoplight, and I see the car beside me had one bumper sticker. That's it. Just one, right? In the center of its bumper. And I was like, huh, let's see what this person's solo statement is, Hmm. right? So I read their bumper sticker, and it says, quote, if anything can go well, it will. Hmm. That's it. How'd that make you feel? I said (laughs) no, Dave. I said no. no. I pondered this for a while, and I was like, Ben, are you just being a Is that it? Are you just not being optimistic enough? And then I was like, no, no, I'm, I'm positive. That's too positive right there. That's just too positive. I first rationalized this by looking at his car. He was driving an old mm. Buick. Mm. If anything okay. could go well, he wouldn't be driving this Buick. So true. P- plus, if anything could go well, you wouldn't need to repeat the statement. If anything could go well, it will. Right? If anything could go well, you'd be happy all the time. You wouldn't be repeating the statement like a crazy person in a sanitarium telling yourself everything's going to be okay. Like, that wouldn't happen. That's a fact. Am I wrong? It seems like too much optimism. Way too much optimism. Yes! I prefer Forrest Gump's bumper sticker, happens. Right? That's a better bumper sticker. It's not yeah, I mean, It's not overly, over, overly optimistic. It's just stating... Shit happens. You can deal with yeah. it or not. Like it's gonna be good. Shit or it's gonna be bad. Shit, but either way, it's gonna be. Shit. Exactly. If anything could go well and it did, 
we'd all live in Disneyland and everybody would be millionaires and Paul Rudd would be president. So true. That's not the case. Which coincidentally, though, is what happens on this show 24 yes! 7. Yes! If anything can go well, it does. On the Doc G show. That's what happens, Dave. That's what Damn happens. Right. Are you ready to kick off this rolling train of optimism? Let's get it rolling. All three engines up and burning. Two, one, zero, and lift Let's off. Let's get it. Here we go. Dave, my lord, the show, absolutely absolutely ridiculous. We have two hardcore rockers on the show. Again, two guests. Yeet. Again, we've got the fantastic group, Them Evils, and then we have Madam Mayhem. <laughs> Two hard rockers. We're going to talk to them. We're going to play tunes. We've got Madam Mayhem's new single, uh, uh, Broken. We've got two awesome jams from Them Evil's newest release. It's going to be fantastic. Yes! But first, we start where we start. A birthday suit. Let's do it. Happy birthday, Mr. President. Um... Born on September 25th, 1968, mm. in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Okay. Our birthday suit wearer was one of four children. Our birthday suit wearer went to private Catholic elementary school, but when he went to uh, high school, he switched over to public. He went to Overbrook High School in Philadelphia. Our birthday okay. suit wearer became extremely interested in rap. Say what? In high school. Mm. And he joined up with a DJ in town named Jeffrey Towns. Yes! They released an album in 1987 titled Rock the House. In 1990, he was contacted by NBC about a sitcom titled Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Oh, Will Smith. Will Smith is correct. I was going to say DJ Jazzy Jeff, but I was like, that'll give it away. So I gave his full name. So it wouldn't give it away on that first clue. I was a little sneaky there. there. It was a little sneaky. But yes. I see what you did there. Will Smith. 51. Will Dude, Smith. He's 50, a legend. 51. You know, I didn't even get to all his huge movie titles men in black wild wild west bad boys suicide squad concussion switch al uh, uh, ali hancock many others all kinds Goes of movies out on. there yeah yeah he actually is in the guinness book of world records for going to three movie worldwide movie premieres in 24 hours word yeah really yeah Dang. Yeah, I saw that. Unless his Wikipedia page was lying, which could be, but you know, it was there, so I saw it. So that there you go. So that sounds tiring. Yeah, he's living it up. He's got two kids. He's got uh, his wife, uh, Jada Pickett Smith. So there you go. That's that's him. He's fifty-one. Boom. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Will Smith. Uh, Dave, you ready? Rip from the headlines. Are you ready to rip it? Rip it. Let's go. Okay. It's now time for Rip from the Headlines. Dave, we're starting off the headline first. Just the headline. Are you ready? Yep. This headline comes from Daily News. Here we go. Quote, police to Missouri residents. Don't leave explosives just lying around. End quote. Word. That was the headline. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. You know, I, say what you will, Dave. That's just good, solid advice right there. That's a fact. That's just good I advice. Mean, it's, it's words to live by. 
Uh, apparently in Kansas, the the police found what they termed a modified hand grenade uh, in a pile of possessions hmm. that they believed to be uh, that a homeless man owned. That's what they thought, and uh, they at at the time they had not determined whether or not it was live or not, which I felt like that was like a, a quick find, you know? So true. Like. You could tell if it was a live grenade or not pretty pretty quick. Oh, uh, like if it had the little trigger in it. Yeah, if it was like active or not. Like holy, I thought yeah. I thought that was pretty pretty easily to, to determine by a bombsmith or whoever does it, you know. But yeah. apparently not. Yeah, fair. Apparently not. Uh so let's jump into another story from the Daily News. Here's another one cuz I was looking at that okay. story and then I saw this one on the side and I was like well, that's almost as good. Uh Dave, have you ever jumped off a bridge or like a cliff into some water? You know, some extreme jumping? Hmm. I haven't done it like it wasn't that high but yeah, I've done it. It was probably maybe I don't know 20 feet or so. Oh, okay. Okay, so this It was is, just slight work, you know. This is a bit higher here. Um um, some some teenagers were hanging out at uh, Molten Falls in Washington, and uh, there's a bridge uh, that goes by these Molten Falls, and it's at least about 60 feet above the water, right? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. some some teens were hanging out up there debating, and you know I think they had all decided, hey, we're gonna jump, Sweet. but you know yep. a, cu- a couple of them were like, eh, I don't know, right? And so they have video from this this uh, incident. This happened last year, right? And uh, Jordan Holgerson, she's sitting there, and she's like, ah, I don't know. I don't think I want to jump. I don't want to do it. Right then, when she says, I don't want to do it, uh, Taylor Smith, a girl behind her, pushes no. her off the bridge. No. Just shoves her, and she goes flying off the bridge. Um, you could tell Holgerson shouldn't have jumped off the bridge because she suffered six broken ribs and a punctured lung from the fall. She holy crap! She did not prepare for the uh, f- for the immersion. She was not ready for that uh, that impact for sure. Nope. Uh, Holgerson uh, charged her friend Taylor with reckless endangerment, hmm. and this past week. She had to pay her sentence. She she they they gave her a sentence. Uh, are you ready for what her sentence was? Yep. Three hundred dollar fine, and and two days in jail. Word. <laughs> so, uh. This this is the even better part. You're like two days. That's weird. Well, Jordan yeah. and her mother actually asked the judge for a sentence of three days. That's right. Right? And apparently the reasoning was uh, her mom wanted uh, Taylor to spend as many jail uh, days in jail as Jordan spent in, the hospital, in the hospital bed. Mm. And, uh, you know what I got to say? That's some well-thought-out reasoning. I like that. Yes! I like yeah, that. Yeah, I could, I could get down with that. You know, I mean, it should be you have to pay for her medical bills. Yeah, three hundred dollar I mean, fine seems kind of stupid to me. Exactly. I mean, she could have said, you know, I want her in there as long as Jordan's ribs hurt, which I'm guessing was like eight months, probably, or something like that. She didn't oh, say okay. that. So you know, imagine, yeah. So that's that's. I mean, that's that's nice of her. And, but I do have to question why the judge was like, Oof, three sounds severe. I'm gonna mark it down to two. 
Yeah, let's you do guys, two. You guys okay you got a good lawyer two? over there. Like, <laughs> I mean, and then, like, I, it's got to be a weird conversation for Taylor in jail, like her first lunch. Like, hey, new girl, how long are you in for? Well, uh, till tomorrow. Say what? I'll be gone tomorrow. (laughs) You could, you, so you better get used to what you're seeing here, because I'm going to be here for a long time. All right. At least 40 more hours. That's right. Get ready for it. It's going to be a long time. What's your, I'm going to run this place. 30 years? Oh, yeah. You got a little bit longer than me. Just a teens. Teens. Dave, this next story, it's a big one. Comes from CNN. Oh. Uh, yeah. So last week, Walmart announced that it's going to stop selling e cigarettes. Wow. Yeah. Good. Yeah. That's right. They said in a statement quote, given the growing federal, state, local, uh, regulatory complexity and uncertainty regarding e-cigarettes, we plan to discontinue the sale of electronic nicotine delivery products at all Walmarts and Sam Club's locations. That's right. Which, I will say, pretty good news, right? Those, yeah, those, definitely. Those seem like I bad mean, things. <laughs> so I, I gotta it's, say. It's not gonna stop kids from getting their hands on them just because Walmart stops, but it's a good start. I got to say, apparently Walmart wanted to remove all uncertainty with their tobacco products and only leave you with regular cigarettes that can definitely <laughs> kill you. Thanks, thanks, Walmart. Hey, don't don't buy the e-cigarettes. We're not sure what those can lead to. These definitely will kill you. Try them out. They're nice. <laughs> so true. Like, what? Come on, guys. That doesn't make too much sense. I'm going to be honest. Nope. Uh, Dave... Next story from one of our favorite places. Yes, sir. Polk County, Florida. Uh, Polk County, yep. Polk County, Florida. So this comes from uh, WFTV, ABC News. A man in Polk County was trying to sell his barbecue trailer. Sweet. You know, one of those big old grills on a trailer that you can pull up, right? Smoker and stuff. Yeah. Exactly. So he had it out on his property beside the road, right? Uh, Mm -hmm. But he was worried about thieves. So true. So he chained the grill to a post on his property and then flattened one of the tires, right? Flattened it out. Well, the owner came out the next day to find his barbecue missing. Uh, (laughs) Even though he had flattened the the, uh, tire and chained it, they just cut the chain and they pulled it off. Um, but they did not make the attempt to, uh, inflate the tire. Nope. So the trailer made a track all the way out of his property and down the road and they could see exactly where the trailer went. Mm. Right. So the owner called the police and the police came over and they're like, well, I guess we'll follow the tracks. So they just followed the tracks, which led them right to a, a house just a little bit down the road. Jeez. And they're like, all right, I guess <laughs> Their this neighbor is, stole I, I guess this is the house. So the police, uh, uh, oh, and by the way, this is what the police said. They said, quote, to be fair, this was not the most difficult crime to solve. Both the victim and the deputies simply followed the tracks left behind. 
Nice. Uh, when they got to the property where the tracks led, they asked the property owner if they could search the property, and they said they were very, uh, very open. The owner of the property was like, yeah, sure, search the property. So they started looking around the property, and they looked behind a black tarp hanging behind two trees, and uh, there was a man hiding behind the tarp, hmm. uh, and they asked him his name, and uh, he said, Josh. Word. Which, uh, by the way... It wasn't Josh. Nope. It was Jim Bob. <laughs> uh, that's that's that makes it so much better. It was Jim Bob. Jim Bob. <laughs> when they started asking Jim Bob questions, they started grilling Jim Bob. Pun intended. Uh, turns out, Jim Bob had three prior warrants out for his arrest. Uh, Goodness so, gracious. So Jim Bob was arrested. Uh, but turns out, Jim Bob didn't steal the trailer. So they went on. And they kept searching the property. They found two other folks on the property. And they asked them about the trailer. Turns out they didn't steal the trailer either. Nope. But they did have meth on them, so they were arrested as well. (laughs) Finally, they ran into Tommy Parker and Daniel Parker, who did steal the trailer. So they were arrested, Mm. and the trailer was returned. So they ended up arresting five people on this on this property. On the um, property, yeah. Two wow. of them. Two of them actually stole the trailer. Uh, you know, this probably is hindsight advice here, but I'm just saying, hypothetically, if you steal a trailer, maybe don't bring it back to the property that has wanted felons and two drug users on it. Just no. slay. So and if you're one of those folks, maybe I'd be the person that's like, hey, I'm going to leave. Yeah. Just to let you guys yeah, know. I'm going to sneak I, out the front I'm, door while they're in the back. I'm out. <laughs> this this is not the place for me. Nope. Uh, okay. Uh, Dave, this next story comes from uh, WTKR Channel 3 in, uh, in Virginia. So okay. Leah and, uh, Leo and Leanna are a couple expecting their firstborn child. Uh, so about a month ago... August 24th, Leanne started uh, feeling uh, contractions. So she told her husband, and Leo drove her to the medical, uh, Naval Medical Center in Portsmouth, uh, Virginia. Mm-hmm. When they were there, uh, and the nurses checked on them, they told Leanne, they were like, oh, you're not far enough along. Yeah, no. You need to come back when your contractions are strong enough that you can't walk. And you can't really talk. Hmm. Then you'll be close to be giving birth, right? And she's like, huh, that seems a little extreme. Okay. So they drove back to her house. And here's her own words. Leanne said she kept feeling the contractions. She was walking back and forth to the bathroom. And at one point, she felt her son's head poking Oh my gosh. She said she wanted to hold the labor back and wait for the professionals, but she said she couldn't wait. So she hopped in the bathtub and gave birth to her son there. You know what? Wow. The father said everyone that we showed the picture to was like, wait, why is there shampoo in the background? Wait, what? So a couple of things. 
I'm not trying to tell Leo how to tell a story of his son being born, but you might want to lead with the fact that he was born in a bathtub. So true. If you didn't start with that fact, it's a little weird. Just like, hey, check out my wife with our newborn son. Hmm. Hey, is that in a bathtub? Oh, yeah, I forgot to mention he was born in our bathroom. Uh, that's not the main point, though. I'm not really concerned about that. Anyway, it's like, don't you think you'd lead with that? And then, like, you just showed people the picture, right? Mm-hmm. Wouldn't wouldn't they notice that it was a bathtub? Yeah, you would think like, that the scene is self-explanatory. So like, wouldn't true. they be like, hey, that's not a hospital bed. Nope. That seems to be a bathtub. Like, not just like, it's, hey, why is it's there... A mess in there. Why is there shampoo in in this hospital bed that clearly looks like a, a bathroom? Odd. That's a fact. Last thing I've got to say, it'd be a pretty frightening moment when you reach down and you feel another person coming Ew. out of you. Ew. Like, I mean, it's a little uh. bit different when you're in the hospital, right? You know, I mean, you're in a hospital, you got... Well, you got uh, the whole, like, sheet cover, like, the whole yeah. process, and you don't and really see it. You've got nurses and doctors all around you, and they're working on this. But when you're just, like, in your own bathroom, and you reach down and palm a head down there, Ew. that's got to be a little off-putting. Yes. Like, that is... Man... I'm glad I do not have to do that. That is a so good thing that I do not have to check off on Thank my list. God the, the men are not built to do that. Yes, because I would instantly pass out of fright. Ah! Just fall over. So true. Dave, follow-up story. We got a follow-up okay. here. I was I was I was torn because I thought about adding our, our, our segment previously on the Doc G show, but it's been a couple episodes, so I was like, ah, Mm, so I just put it in rip from the headlines. But anyways, here it is. Dave, this is a follow-up story from Fox 59 in Indiana. <coughs> you remember the story about the cop in Indianapolis who hit the 15-year-old for no apparent reason and it was all caught on tape? Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, the cop had to stand trial for his punch. Say what? That's right. Good. That's right. And in his official statement, here's what he said. He said he hit the teen... With an open palm strike because he believed the teen was about to hit him. Mm. And then the officers cuffed the teen without further force. Which, if you remember me describing the video, none of that happened. Nope. Right? That was all not happening. First of all, it was not open palm. He punched the crap out of that kid. Yes! Second of all, that kid had both of his hands down by his sides. There was no about to punch go on from that kid. No way. Anyways, Marion County Prosecutor Terry Curry looked at the video and said those statements were false and contrary to video evidence of the incident. That's right. So, the officer is expected to turn himself in. Uh, the uh, attorney for the officer said, quote, We look forward to a full and fair review of all evidence in this case, including the officer's observations, perceptions, and training hmm. as it relates to the entirety of this encounter. Word. I've got to wow. be honest. I'm not really sure what the attorney thinks is going to happen here. Because hmm. the video evidence, not good. 
You could say this is worse than Ray Rice's video. Like, this is pretty straight, cut, and dry. Like, you know what's going on in this video. Like, it shows you everything. Also, what kind of training do cops receive that tells them to punch unarmed minors in the face? Hmm. Because right. that seems like it should be took out of the training regimen if that's in there. So true. By the way, if you walk up on any kids at a, at a high school, just punch them. Wait, what? Just deck them yeah, right that, in the that'll face. Stop. That'll stop them. That'll Even teach them. doing anything. Teach them real good to look at a cop. No, thank you. But anyways... Hey, a little bit of justice there. There's a little bit of justice, Dave. It happened. So there you go. That has been ripped from the headlines, Dave. We're going to take a break, but we will be back with them evils and then Madam Mayhem. Right now, we're going to hear from our guests, them evils. This is Got Me Rockin' right here on the Doc G Show. Here we go.
WSKRLPFM, UNF Jacksonville. Welcome back to the show today. We are joined by an awesome, awesome rock group. Yes. Them Evils, Jordan, Dave, and Jake. Guys, how's it going? Hmm. Doing great, man. Thanks for having us. Fantastic, man. Fantastic. Well, you know, I was uh, I was talking to my co-host before this interview, and I was telling him, I was like, you know what I like about them evils? Hmm. They they don't make up some fake genre. Nope. They don't try to be some version of something old. Nope. On their social media pages, they're just they're just posting what they're doing. Yeah. They're living their life. They're not trying to make some over dramatic, profound picture. They just are what they are. They're a rock and roll band. And they're guys that play rock and roll. I like Sweet. that. That's what you guys are, aren't you? Am I right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think right. like a few days ago, we posted a photo of David's butt just hanging out. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Not over, not over thought out, not over dramatic. Just, hey, here's a butt. Enjoy it. Yeah. Right? I like yeah, it. Yeah, I, I well, think everyone like takes it a little too seriously you know everyone's like our social media has to look clean and professional and we're just like yeah but like if you come to our live show we're not that. not clean and professional we're partying so we're gonna just kind of portray that in every aspect. yeah i like it man i like it so jake you and jordan grew up in las vegas you've been playing bass since you were 12 or so and uh yeah and coming up about, I guess on about six years ago, you and Jordan said, these day jobs suck. Let's head out to California and be rock stars. Do you yes. Do you remember the specific point that you, you know, looked at each other and were like, we got to get out of here. This is, this is done. Yeah, I mean, hmm. I, I had taken a trip out to California. Um, Jordan and I had already had like a pretty like established rock band in vegas mm -hmm. um and i had just done the band things my whole life and you know in vegas and it just was always kind of a dead end and i i went out to california to visit a friend one time and i remember we were like super hammered sitting on a lifeguard tower you know just smoking cigarettes smoking weed like looking at the beach at like three in the morning and i was like why am i not living out here you know and so when i came home I sent a group text like out to our band, our band, mm -hmm. and I was like, "Let's move to California. Let's relocate." And everyone was like, "No, you're crazy." <laughs> that. And then the next day, Jordan was like, "No, dude, let's do it. I'm down. Let's go." And then within like you know a month, we just made it happen. Dropped everything and just moved out we to California. We literally quit our jobs. I think I moved out there with like not even first month's rent i had like 250 bucks and i was eating top ramen for like four months yeah dude our parents took us shopping when we first moved out there and bought like pallets of top ramen <laughs> sweet well at least uh, a healthy diet no doubt for those first few months lots gotta lo get that sodium i was about to say lots of sodium man very good well like you said you moved out to cali and you guys do rock and roll do you guys ever think about, because I, I mean, when I think Cali, I think rock and roll. I think 70s, 80s, Sunset Strip. Do you ever just talk about or, or think about, man, that'd be awesome if we could go back at that time and see yeah. 
what it was like. Every day, man. <laughs> I, I wish we could have been a part of that. We would destroy. I'd go back to the 60s and see Jim Morrison play at the Whiskey. That's probably, that's probably my favorite part. Nice. Well, in the L15, but I think 80s hair metal was pretty corny, so I'll go back to the 60s with that one. Uh, yeah, but at the same time, I would give my left go party with Motley Crue in the 80s on the strip. Amen. Yeah, that's an exception. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Or, 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 I mean, they're not really part of the uh, 80s hair metal, but, uh, you know, Guns N' Roses. I mean, you know. Absolutely. Definitely that area. For sure. For sure. And then, I, I'm not giving up on the 70s as far as the Eagles. Yeah. I mean, they weren't hard rockers, but they knew how to party, for sure. And they made oh, dude, the Eagles. Fan. Eagles are one of my favorite bands, dude. Their documentary, so you know, says yes, ball. yes, their documentary is fantastic. It, I mean, it's it's really long, but it's really worth it. It's fantastic, man. Yeah, it, I always I always stop it after the second half when they go to their reunion. <laughs> I'm like, oh, this is just <laughs> Me too. I just get really sad for Don Felder in that second part. I'm just like, ah, oh, man, nobody likes Don. Know, right? He's not getting his money. They're gonna kick him out. Oh, it's just sad. And then. Joe Walsh is like, hey, I'm still good. I'm sober and stuff. I'm still good. Joe everybody. Walsh is just like on another planet the whole time. He is. He is. He reminds me of cartoon characters. So true. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyways, back to your band. No you guys have an awesome story of where your name comes from. I actually noticed your mom was typing Temecula in a text and it autocorrect to them evils. Wait, what? Uh, yep, that's when that when that text first popped up, were you automatically like, boom, band name, or was it? Did it like marinate for a while? No, it was automatic. Very nice, very I got nice. The text, and I was like, all right, we're changing the band name. Here we go. <laughs> we had already been like wanting to change our band name, like once David came into the picture, and we couldn't think of anything. And then as soon as that happened, Jordan's like, guys, I got it. <laughs> very nice. Very yeah. I'm guessing if it didn't autocorrect, you wouldn't have gone with Temecula. That wouldn't have been a nope. killer <laughs> name. I know. Not the same yeah. ring to it. Hey guys, Temecula, huh? It's already a good city. Yeah, Let's make it a good band, right? Nice. Yeah, the only the only time texting and driving would be acceptable. Ever. <laughs> it's actually in the passenger seat. Oh, okay. You okay. failed to mention that any of the previous times. But, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so. Jake, you and Jordan, I read, were really big into thrash metal. That's right. Uh, growing up, like the you know the Slayer, Anthrax, Metallica, Megadeth, the uh, the the big four. Uh, Dave, yeah. were you a were you a metal uh, headbanger, or did you come from rock on a different side? Hmm. Yeah, yeah. I grew up listening to Limp Bizkit. No, I did not. <laughs> I mean, I did listen to them, but that's not what I was raised on. I, I, I mean, I, Metallica was my first metal band, but I think I was primarily in the grunge music, 90s grunge. And then, I mean, I'm from Orange County, so like there are bands like No Doubt and The Offspring that also had a had its turn in there. And there. Yeah. Actually, rap music was a big thing for me, too. Nice. I don't know. It's kind of all over the place. Not one dedicated lane. Usually, usually with the drummer, there seems to be a good amount of, of of hip hop influence. You got a lot of rhythm there, man. You got a lot of you got a lot of good beats that you got to follow. Yeah, it's thank un, you. It's un, it's understandable. Uh, well, I heard I heard uh, Jordan, you were you were moved by Green Day as well. Hmm. You yeah, Green Day was my first concert. Um, I saw Billy Joe Armstrong spit a loogie in the air and catch it in his mouth, <laughs> and I was like, 
this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. You can do that and you don't get sent to the principal? That is awesome. I am in. Let's go with that. (laughs) Uh, I I saw NSYNC for, that was my first show, and I was like, a bunch of boys dancing on stage together. I want to do that. Did, <laughs> did, did you really? Was that your first concert? Was NSYNC really your that first? That was my first concert, dude. And when I was in kindergarten, my mom took me. Wow. And I will I will always be proud of that. Fantastic. <laughs> Fantastic. Watched, watching Justin just just groove. Nice. With the top ramen hair. I like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That curly, weird. I don't know what was going on there, but. He, he he trimmed it up later on. It got all right. Uh, you guys have the opportunity. You've had the opportunity to tour with some pretty awesome musicians as well. Uh, the Pretty Reckless, Alter Bridge, Zach Wild. Say what? Which artist that have you toured with that you would say has been sort of the most inspirational or maybe the most that you've learned from? That sort of uh, taught you the most about uh, you know being a rock band. I think Zach Wild. Yeah, I would say Zach Wild too. There were, uh, I mean, pretty much three of our heroes were in one band together jamming, and we got to see him every night. Very nice. Um, just Zach Wild on stage, his stage presence, the way he plays, and how he demands the crowd is pretty inspiring. He's yeah. just, uh, he's been doing it for so long, and he knows that he's got it down to a science, and definitely learned a lot from that tour. Yeah, I'm watching uh, Blasco, <coughs> excuse me, the bass player. He, he ran like, you know, he, managed a lot he did he handled a lot of like the business side of it and everything so it was cool to see like someone of that stature still like grinding and handling a lot of it himself just because he knew he could do it and just wanted to hammer down and take care of pretty cool yeah def for sure zach wild is always i mean anytime i see him is super impressive uh you know even even when you can pull off being in uh in rock star with Mark Wahlberg and look yeah, like a bad right. ass, you know? I mean... Dude, I saw... I, I was taking bass lessons, like, the probably the first bass lesson I ever went to take. I was sitting on the couch of the apartment I was at, waiting for uh, the person that was getting a lesson before me to finish, and he had Rockstar playing, and it, my mom was waiting with me, and it was the scene where they're in the limo, and the chick flashes her <laughs> and rubs them on the window, <laughs> and I was just like... My mom's like, oh, God, what am I getting him into? Yeah, I was, and I was just like, yep, I want to be here. This is this is my thing. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, you looked over and you're like, that's why I'm here. Thumbs up. Nice. Yep. Now, we had, we had the Black Moods uh, on the show actually last week. And those guys, like yourself. Oh, really? That's right. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're a power trio as well. And I brought up, uh, you know, how a ton of power trios in the 70s were there you know you had you had zz top you had rush you had james gang you had all these 70 but i don't really see that many power trios now and i feel like it's making a comeback uh did yeah. you did you guys start you know, out wolf mother yeah that's true that's true wolf mother is true uh did you think start out thinking we are a trio it's nothing more or have you ever thought about you know like do we need to add another guitar? Do we want to add another guitar or a piano player or anything like that? Or is it just three people? That's enough. I I mean, we've always had that idea. It's funny you said the Black Moods. We just did a little tour with them. Mm-hmm. And we took a second guitar player with us on that tour. And that's the only time we've ever done that. Um, it's always something we've thought about. It's just kind of like finding the right fit. The only yeah. reason we've stayed three-piece is just because it's just worked and... 
we've always been open to it, but like we've just if it's not we have said the three of us work dynamically together so well, it's mm-hmm. just like there's no point in putting a fourth person in there that just doesn't fit it perfectly, you know? Yeah. Yeah, no, it it makes sense. Your guys' personalities, your 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 musical styles really flow. Don't want to throw that off by adding somebody that's really talented but doesn't get the get the gist of the band. Makes sense. <laughs> Uh, exactly. So, uh, Rolling Stone, Living Free, yes! most recent EP, fantastic jams on the album. We got it up on the wall here in the studio, signed edition, okay. very nice. Practice, practice what you preach, and got me rocking. Those are those have to be my two favorites. Love those. Now, the EP was produced by the late great Cato Conwalla. Tragically died in a motorcycle wreck about a year and a half ago. Uh, what did Cato teach you? And uh, and how do you think your music changed uh, because of his guidance? Um, I think he taught us to not be. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's a good lesson. Yeah, I mean the most uh, memorable thing I could hear him saying was uh, just be great. Yes. And if you think you know, if you think it's okay, make it better. Don't really don't settle on anything. Um, but yeah, he was the man. He was like our fourth member of the band. He was our mentor and. He taught us how to record in the studio and taught us how to write an actual song. Write a song, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not be dips and you know how to <laughs> navigate our way through the music industry. Yeah. But he also encouraged us to have fun at the same time. Yeah. Not not here's a time push. and place. Very yeah, nice. he would out oh yeah, well I always remember like we almost got kicked off a tour. What? Uh for just doing ridiculous <laughs> in our green room. <laughs> and like it, the word got out, and you know, Cato had found out. I'll never forget. He's like, he's like, hey, I don't care that you guys were doing that. He's like, you know what? Do that. Shit. You know, <laughs> do it all the time. Just don't post it on social media all the time. And we're like, all right, that's a good point. <laughs> like he was, he encouraged everything about us. And like Jordan said, he was the fourth member of our band. So, 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 he so, a lot. so take it, take the fun to the limit as long as it's not in the studio, then take it ster- serious. Yeah, exactly. Got it. Got it. Well, not having him around anymore. Have you thought about new music as far as what direction you're thinking as far as new producers, or are you going to do it yourself, or what are you thinking as far as that? Uh, we're still kind of, you we're know, still, we're working on a, we're still working on our, our personal like, um, we've worked with, I don't know, ten to twelve to twenty different producers. Wow. And, written about 40 songs so jeez we've got a general idea of where it's going we just it's not nothing sticking out yet to be like what's going to be the jumping off point as far as putting something out there first you know yeah well having having that many songs if you whittle it down to or do you know what you're going to whittle it down to ultimately as far as how many songs i, I think like 12, 12 10 to 12 nice definitely definitely well i saw earlier this summer a fan Got them evils logo tattooed on. Say what? Uh, yeah, we got, that's our girl Terry. <laughs> how, we got two of them now. How how's that feel when somebody is like, you know what? Dedication to the band. Boom! I'm putting it on. I mean, how 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 did you guys feel when you when you saw that and were like, man, wow, that's that's our that's it's our band crazy. right there. Yeah, it's surreal. Like uh, I don't know. It's people who have been telling us that a lot. Like. 
we've had at least a dozen people online be like, that's going to be my next tattoo. And we're always just, you take it with a grain of salt. Yeah. Huh? And like, we've all been through the process of getting a tattoo and like setting an appointment, getting there, finding the right artist. So for someone to like go through all that commitment on top of just having it on them for life is kind of mind blowing. Yeah. I, I was, I was I wrong. I, I think she had, did she have a, was it a rush tattoo above that? Hmm. I think. Yeah. 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 Right below it. I think. Very nice. Rep, rep, repping, the, repping the power trios on that arm, evidently. I like it. Yeah. I, f- I feel like my show is so far from that status of people wanting to put it on their body. I feel like mine's the only the only way they would do that with our logo is if it was like somebody lost their fantasy football league. And they're like, oh, you got to get it. Oh, shit gonna be on there for life it's horrible like i feel like i've got a long way to work until somebody's like you know what that's a good radio show we need to put that on there for life i feel like it's a higher bar anyways not many people are looking out for radio shows that doesn't really happen nope um so hey you can make it happen i will make it that's right nope that is right i will make it happen that's the right attitude or, or or I'll just get it myself and then put it on social media and be like it's totally somebody else. That is not my yeah, ass. Yeah, exactly. That there is that somebody else. Uh it'll start a trend. Exactly. And then everybody will get them. Nope. So the listeners I think now are pretty familiar with them evils. Uh but I don't think they're aware of Meth Elvis. Word. Could you <laughs> could could you l- let the listeners in on on what Meth Elvis is? Hmm. That's our punk rock alter ego. Very nice. And and what do you guys what do you specialize in? Uh chaos jazz and funk. Chaos. <laughs> oh man, nice. We well, should actually play a show with like once we don't have to focus on writing our songs as much, it can actually write songs for like just the f- round. <laughs> like we should do a a show of just like punk, like me- and we're called Meth Elvis. That would be great. Well, I I heard Jake that in an older interview, uh, that one of your some of your go to pump up jams, Hall and Oates. Yes. Does Meth Elvis ever go into any Hall and Oates jams? Because we will. I we mean, could. Nice. I've seen Hall Oates twice this year, dude. They're my PB and Jam. I mean, they they do. They they make a pop song that just makes you want to groove. Rich girl, come on, girl, come on, come on. It's just so good, dude. So- Abandoned Luncheonette is one of my favorite records of all time. It just like makes you want to cry and at the same time. <laughs> it's that's a weird feeling. I don't know if I want to listen to the whole album anymore. That sort of I don't <laughs> I think you do though. I do. I'm curious. You've got me curious. Yes! Now really quick, uh you've got a couple shows coming up this month or uh, coming up in October, Tennessee and Texas and Oklahoma in October. Yeah. Uh are you planning on making it out to Florida anytime in the near future cuz I noticed you were at uh Welcome to Rockville in 18. Are you planning on making any trips here to the Sunshine State? Yeah, I mean, we're hoping, man. It's been, you know, it's been one week since you looked at me. No. um, (laughs) 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 uh, Don't worry. I'll I'll add in the rim shot for that one. You'll have it. Don't worry. (laughs) It'll be there. We, uh, we, yeah, man, we want to come back to Florida. It's always been such a good response out there. I think Welcome to Rockville was the last time we were there. 
And then prior to that was with Zach Wild. But so we haven't really spent too much time there in the last year. Uh, we're hoping 2020 is just kind of whole U.S. like world tour type shit. So we want to hit every state, every country, everything. So hopefully we'll be in Florida within the next year. Very nice. Well, you've been looking to we make get that. So crazy. You've been looking to that make that big push as far as international, right? You really want to make that uh, start start going to yeah, other countries. Absolutely, we haven't done that yet, so it's, it's like a priority for us at this point. Aside from putting out the album, I, yeah, we played in Florida, Canada, in on a boat in the middle of the ocean. So that's kind of as far as it's taken <laughs> us so far. Well, I I really feel like uh, you've got, you you've got to have the fans in Europe. You got to have the fans because we do. They, they they love they love rock there, man. They're all about some. Yeah, rock. we've got we've got a decent following in like Brazil too, which is crazy. They love rock too. Uh, that's true. They do. Brazil yeah, is big into rock. Zach Wild. Right after we did the tour with Zach Wild, they went to Brazil, and Zach in like. Uh, like all the press he was doing, he was saying we were his new favorite band. Nice. So it kind of like got a, a bit of a following out there, which is cool. Man, they would good. like hit, we were getting we were getting hit up on Facebook and tagged in articles that were like in Portuguese, and we're like, what the f- is this? <laughs> and it was just like people's interviews with Zach Wild that we had to like Google Translate, and it was like, oh, that's awesome. It, now, I mean, that's got that's gonna put your swag on high when when Zach Wild saying you're. His, his favorite new band, man. Oh, yeah. We threw out some Hall & Oates, pulled down our pants, and just, like, cried <laughs> about it. it so <laughs> oh, it's came back full circle to that. Oh, no. Yes! Well, well, speaking of that, actually, pulling down the pants, I noticed a while back Dave uh, decided to uh, uh, get naked and go on stage <laughs> with a sock. Say what? Um, oh, man. Da- yeah. Dave, uh, are, are you planning on sort of making that a reg or is that just a, a one-time deal i would i wouldn't mind that honestly i got in a lot of trouble for it but <laughs> i think it's worth it <laughs> do, you, do you feel you feel free flowing behind the set you felt like you could really move like that yeah it was like a whole different kind of intensity for yeah. sure because, and, and because of how I had no clothes on i could just see everybody was or their eyes were glued to me so nice it was like it was like, okay, yeah, this is, I found my calling. There it is. I like it. Naked drumming, I think I'll take it up a notch. I definitely. I mean, then again, like, when's the last time someone did something like that? I can't think of uh, a I, I would exactly. But how long ago was that? That was um, thirty years ago. I would yeah, say so I long. would say the Chili Peppers. They were the last to go out in socks. You know that was, and they they did it because they didn't have any other songs. That was where it started. Yep. Did they take? Did they take on stage? They did when they not. Were naked? What? They did not. <laughs> well, see. Come on, Red Hot Chili Peppers, you're falling behind, guys. Word. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Jake, uh, Jordan, Dave, we are up against a break, but I want to thank you guys for being on the show, man. It has been a blast. Thank you so much yeah. for having us, man. Thanks Thanks having us, dude. Fantastic, guys, listeners. You can check out them evils at themevils.com. You can get a signed copy, just like we got, of Rolling Stone and Living Free. You can put it up wherever you want. You can listen to it all the time. It's going to be fantastic. Or you can follow them at Them Evils on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Right now, we're going to hear Practice What You Preach right here on the Doc G Show.
Welcome back to the show. We are joined by another heavy rocker who will be in Jacksonville Beach with Nonpoint at the Surfer this Sunday, Madam Mayhem. May, how are you today? I'm good. How are you? I am. I'm, I'm good. I'm really good. Um, good. So you've been rocking as Madam Mayhem for the better part of a decade. Yeah. Uh, your, yes. your first album was White Noise, came out in 2012. Uh, but I've heard you say a lot. You've always known you wanted to do this. That's right. Uh, yeah. I want to know, though, who was the, the first musical artist that you can clearly remember saying, I I want to do that. I want to be like that person. And was there a clear artist that you remember at a young age that you were like, that's, that's it. I want to be sort of like hmm. that. Or was it just everybody? Well... I mean, yeah, it was really just, I've, I've really always wanted to do this since as long as I can remember. And my first, uh, like, rock influences was my mom putting on uh, grunge music in the car, you know, Nirvana and House Chains and, yes! and Soundgarden. Mm-hmm. And so all of those voices and all of that music is really what spoke to me the most at the earliest age. And then, you know, as I got older, you know, discovering Alanis Morissette and all these other amazing artists. And then, of course, as I got even older, my teeth got heavier and heavier. And so I think it's just been a, a big progression. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's but there's so many amazing artists uh, out there, as always. But there oh, were yeah. just so many around the time that I was growing up that it was just very easy to have access to just hear these awesome bands and awesome rock bands growing up. And you're like, yeah, this, this makes sense. This is what I want to do. <laughs> Definitely. That leads into my next question, actually, because I have heard you uh, reference your mom playing grunge rock, 90s rock, and you calling yourself a a grunge baby. Uh, I'm a huge fan of 90s rock. You know, Stone Temple Pilots is one of my favorite uh, band, Alice in Chains, and like you said, Soundgarden, Pearl Jam, Meat Puppets. Uh, What... It, obviously, the the music uh, that you do now is a little little heavier than that music. Yeah. Um, yeah. What, what would you say though? Out of those bands, you still say you would relate to the most as far as those grunge bands. Honestly, all of them. They all really <laughs> had that message of you know the 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 internal struggle and how to get by things that are really tough, which is really the message that I I like to send. Um, as well because you know we've all been through things that are that that sucks you know yeah. and we've all we've all had to go through these terrible hard times and make these decisions no one ever really wants to make and mm-hmm. uh, realizing that at the end you know there is a light at the end of the tunnel and we all are stronger than we know and I say that a lot um, on tour at our shows because a lot of the songs that that I've written really speak to that because it's really important for people to be reminded because it's important for me to be reminded sometimes that we are all stronger than we know. And I think that a lot of the music from then, especially in the grunge era, really like spoke to like, how am I going to get through this or, you know, things like that. And it was really like pretty similar to to a degree in terms of the messaging. You definitely see a shift from the 80s uh, well, your your most uh, you know popular rock in the '80s was really polished. It was this this pretty package of of rock and hard yeah. and partying and having fun. To the '90s of shifting of like these are my problems. This is real life. I'm trying to work through it. There's a better connection with the '70s and those rockers as well, as far as both of them having this more organic 
struggle yeah. with their with with their life, yeah. like you were saying. I was thinking you were going to choose Alice in Chains. That was my that was my guess. I mean, and I mean, it's it, to be honest, it's them or Soundgarden, honestly, yeah. those two. And yeah. I mean, but I mean, they're both. I, I actually got to see Alice in Chains play uh, last month or like two months ago, and yeah. it was. I mean, obviously, it wasn't original. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, to be able to still feel those songs hear those songs live and like feel what the audience is feeling it was to be in that crowd with something so powerful for me mm-hmm. and it was it was it was a really cool moment in life for sure yeah yeah i, I sometimes imagine you know what if you could have seen him with lane staley because i he, can't imagine it would be something so special yeah he, he 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 did have a way of just like chris cornell taking it to another level um But uh, correct me if I'm wrong here. It it seems like all throughout your childhood, uh, like you said, you were obsessed with performing and singing, but your parents seemed worried that you needed to approach it in a thoughtful, strategic, fiscally sound way. Is Is that somewhat correct? Your parents were worried as far as that track being a little too risky? I feel, I feel like every parent is concerned yeah. slightly when their kid's like, hey, you know, you gave me this awesome education, you raised, <laughs> you raised me, you put all the time into me, and I'm just going to, I'm a rock. rock band. Like, <laughs> I feel like that, that'll scare anyone yeah. um, a little bit. So they were definitely nervous, especially n- neither of them like are in, are in the music industry, so they yeah. don't know. And I mean, now they know, but... Uh, you know, there's definitely, I'm sure every parent's going to have their reservations slightly. They want the best, you know, for their kid. Yes. And, you know, whatever the stigma is for being in a rock band, you yeah. know, it's not the same as maybe it was back in the day. And it's not the same for every band. So, you know, you never know. So they were definitely a little concerned, but they are still super supportive. Um, they don't understand why I do this to myself. They think I'm nuts, but um, they do support it and they understand that it's something that I have to do and I appreciate them so much, them and my brother, for just being super, super supportive about it as much as they were definitely mm-hmm. cautious about it in the beginning. <laughs> yeah. Well, one of those things that I think the, they had a hand in, I'm guessing, is, is going to college for music. You did go... So true to college before yeah. starting you went to university of miami that was um yes the, that, that was their deal they, that was their deal they were like listen you do whatever you want to do with your life but um we saved up you know the, like you got to go to school yeah and i was like fine but i'm going from i'm going for music nice so you can't really do much with that at the end anyway except for this, <laughs> <so>. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You but you majored in classical opera and musical theater, so you you yeah. double major. You had a, a full plate going on at uh, at college, but it obviously to a little bit different degree of, of musical uh, you know theory than what you're doing now. What do you think you you carried over? What what was the big carryovers as far as your your career now, and what what yeah, you learned I- in college? Hmm. I think a lot of it is things that I don't even notice as it's happening. I think it's like when you ask questions like this, then I think about it. I'm like, oh yeah, this is actually being applied. Um, <laughs> I think it. It's, <laughs> I think it helps a lot um, vocally. You know, we're on tour right now with Nonpoint and Hire the Hero and Zero Theorem, and mm-hmm. it's it's only day three on this tour. But we were out. We've been out for a week prior and our own headlining, and then we're continuing after this. You know, so it's it's a lot of days singing and. 
and having the classical training of how to properly warm up your voice, how to properly use your voice so you don't lose it. You know, mm -hmm. a lot of people tend to lose their voices very quickly. And I mean, I hope it doesn't happen to me, but because of the way that I was trained to sing in, in the way properly, you know, distributing your air and all these other things, I think it's helped a lot with touring. And mm -hmm. then, of course, you know, being a lot of rockers aren't necessarily the most punctual of folks, nope. but being in the musical theater world, if you weren't early, you were late and you were replaced. Mm. So I still have that mentality in my head. So. You know, I'm, I always try to be, you know, as special as possible, as on top as possible. And like all those kind of things from, from that background have really yeah. helped me. And, and the music theory part too, which I never thought would ever help me. It's really, it helps you create music. It helps you talk to other musicians. That you, and and it's, it's subconscious. It's all subconscious. Yeah. Yeah. Well, fun fact. I, I think we may have overlapped a semester in Miami. I think so. Did, no way. Did you start in the fall of 2007? Hmm. Oh my god yeah wait yeah i did yes yes i the was fall. there that was i graduated that that i went that fall semester 2007 that was my last semester no so, way yeah. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. oh cool so we're both we're both from the u i love that we yeah. are i uh but i That's was i was cool. in i was in the weird bio i was biology so you like you know that's was, awesome so i was a complete curveball i love music but it was it had nothing to do with my major nope. so you know that's really cool so, side note that the none of the listeners definitely care about um which is always a good thing to say on the <laughs> yeah. radio uh but have, right. have you been back to campus any recently completely different it's completely yeah. different so true I actually haven't been back recently, but uh, a lot of my friends have been back and forth, and they've they, they've said that it's changed a whole bunch. Oh and yeah, it's awesome! And I really have to go back. I mean, we are going to be somewhat near there when we go in yeah. Fort Lauderdale, but not yeah. close enough where I'm going to have time to go check it out. But hopefully, I can go back soon and yeah, take it's, a peek. It's definitely yeah. it's definitely changed a lot. A lot of cool things happened at, at your schools. Uh, you know, the uh, music school they've changed a lot of things, and you know, student okay, center, cool. just everything. Anyway. Listeners don't want to hear that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you graduated. You got your mandatory degree, and yeah. now now it was on you to do what you wanted to do. Was that uh, what was the first step that you took after that degree? Was it okay? I got to look for a band. Was it I'm going to play open I mics? Actually, what What'd you do? Not, you, you know, I actually I started when I was still in school. I graduated a semester early mm -hmm. um, because I wanted to work. Um, and I actually started while I was still in school. I um, was introduced to this producer in Orlando and like on the weekends towards my last semester, I was like going up there every weekend to write and work on music. And uh, I was writing for, for myself, trying to find what my sound was, writing for other artists, trying to see, you know, what, what would fit. Mm -hmm. And um, I was doing that for a while. And then, you know, realized that I kind of wanted to do my own thing, start my own band and really be able to tell the stories that I want to tell and do it in a rock way, which, mm -hmm. you know, everyone was like, oh, well, that's a little risky doing <laughs> rock, you know, and I'm like, all of this is risky and I'd rather, if I'm going to be struggling through this, I'd rather do the music that I love to listen to and what I'm the most passionate about. Yeah. So, um, I then started going and went back to New York. I started doing a whole bunch of you know, writers' workshops and things like that, where I met a bunch of other producers and, and mm -hmm. fellow musicians. And then, you know, this industry, even though it seems massive, everyone somehow knows everyone. And yeah. then just through meeting all these different people, I was able to get this, these amazing group of guys that um, 
are now the band. Yeah. That is mayhem, and it's and it's pretty fantastic. Fantastic. Well, your uh, your mom actually talking about Madam Mayhem uh, bestowed you yep. the name. Uh, yep. Is she is is she proud of having coming uh, came up with your stage name? Is like I hope so. Because <laughs> <laughs> they have to see it and say it a lot. So yeah, <laughs> I would hope so. I, I feel like I'd be if I was her, I'd be pointing it out all the time. You know, that was me. Just wanted you to know that was yeah. I, I came up with that. Yeah. Uh, I heard yeah. I heard you took your mom to a Metallica show for Mother's Day. I did. What I did. is, is uh, my it, brother and I went? It was awesome. Did she want to do that, or was that like you're coming? This is for Mother's well, Day. <laughs> well, it's her fault that I'm doing this in the first place. You know, that's <laughs> the kind of music she listened to. Also, so, okay. Um, my brother and I were looking for tickets, and we realized it was like on Mother's Day. So we called my mom, and we were like, "Hey." We have an idea. What do you think? She's like, oh, yeah, this is going to be awesome. So nice. we, she was in 100%, and it, it was fantastic. Definitely. It was the first time we all have ever seen them live. Talk talk, talk about professionals. They are professionals, man. They they take oh, yeah. so serious. So And, like, I mean, all the backstage stuff that I see from those guys, they've been doing it for 30 years, and yet they're still practicing warming up, you know, two hours before the set play a full set yeah they're do- just uh it's super impressive as far as how how serious they take their craft it is very no Absolutely. doubt no doubt a really good uh show and um speaking of shows you had several opportunities this uh past year for some great shows you played uh rock uh rock usa uh yeah. s- several former guests of our show were actually with you there them evils and black moods and blacktop mojo yes! uh how how was the show and uh did you see anybody uh perform that you hadn't seen that you wanted to see did you get a chance hmm. yeah it was it was an amazing experience like when we were there it was super hot it was just like the weather was nuts and to still see all of this these fellow music lovers come out and rock out with us. It was something so special and it was like a bonding experience. And yeah. we just had so much fun there. And um, we were able to see some friends of ours like from Breaking Benjamin and mm-hmm. all those bands. And then uh, one band, like I had never seen Marilyn Manson live and we got to do yeah. that, which was pretty cool. Nice. Um, and Lacuna Coil was there, who we love. And so there was there was there were so many bands there that Unfortunately, with three stages and the way that it worked uh, with our set time, we weren't able to see everyone that we wanted to see. Yeah. But um, we were definitely able to catch a few really cool shows and meet a lot of really cool people in the process. Very nice. Very nice. It is very community based on those on those giant rock festivals. Very cool. Uh, yeah. You you brought up Breaking Benjamin. Let's talk about the the newest single, uh, Broken, yeah. that you've released, which is uh, doing doing really well. Getting a lot of streams for sure on Spotify. Uh, you co-wrote that with Keith Wallen uh, from Correct. Breaking Benjamin and Copper. Uh, h- how did you come about collaborating with him? What what created that? Yeah, I mean, we had met a couple of times, just you know, fellow festivals, things like that. But mm-hmm. um, um, our our management actually introduced us, and he came out to a show where we were opening up for uh, Seven Dust. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Tennessee and he got to hear you know me sing and it was like okay yeah sure like let's write together so we got to write together and, it, and it's been working out great we've written yeah. a whole bunch of songs actually together and it's been it's been pretty seamless and, and awesome and he's just such a great 
Cuban and a yeah. great musician, yeah. and um, uh, we tend to write really cool songs together. <laughs> so, nice. Broken is one of them. Yeah, yeah definitely. Well, w- once you uh, wrote it, you started recording it, and uh, I gotta say, you picked up a. You picked up a great rhythm section. So true. Uh, oh yeah, for, for that, the, that's my go-to. For for the Those are my go-to guys. Yeah, so you you got Billy and <laughs> and Ray, um, and I, and I heard I guess they they were just around the studio near the area, and we're like, yeah, sure, we'll we'll record it with you. Is that how that it's, happened? It's, yeah. So Billy is is was the producer on my album. Now you know, and. Yeah. Um, Ray played drums on that. And mm-hmm. so both of them have been huge mentors of mine and really dear friends. And I really consider both of them like big brothers to me. And we actually recorded the single in Nashville. Mm-hmm. And they're both, when they're not on the road, they both hang somewhere in that area. And uh, I'd reached out and been like, hey, I'm, I'm recording this song. Uh, take a listen to the demo, see if you like it. If, if you are around or free or in any way, shape, or form, want to think you can maybe lend your extreme talent to yeah. this song that would be awesome and they were both they both uh, happened to be around they're like yeah sure and i was like so excited yeah we all hadn't worked together in a couple of years because we i had uh, the ready for me album after that which i'm so proud of mm-hmm. uh, as well but i wasn't working with them on that so be able to like get back together on this one song was kind of like a family reunion <laughs> it was super fun Awesome. I always find that, uh, you know, it's just sort of funny how people, a lot of people that aren't sort of in the music industry don't realize how deep the genres go in Nashville. You know, they think Nashville, they think country and Americana. And you you basically got everything there. Everybody records there. Hip hop and, and, and rock and hard rock and just everything. It's It's so active. And it's like you said, there are people like, yeah, I'm there. Let's go. Let's do that. What? Awesome. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And uh, it definitely doesn't hurt. You you've brought it up before uh, a lot, actually, uh, as Billy being your mentor. Um, how did how did that happen? Like, did you did he audition to be your mentor? Did he send a resume? What happened? How did <laughs> how did he become you know one of the better rock bassists of all time? Become your your mentor? Hmm. I mean, I, I got very lucky. So uh, I was living in LA at the time, and I was actually working on the on the White Noise album at the time, and um, we kind of took a break for a couple of days to work on. Uh, these other writers workshops and meet with these other people and work on this kind of fundraising thing together. And, and my producer at the time had, you know, thrown me into this room with people, including Billy. Yeah. And, uh, we got paired up to, uh, do a few songs together and he heard my voice and he liked it, which is yeah. awesome. Yeah. And, you know, we kind of just kept in touch from there. And, um, I got to meet his wife who she became like, she's my sister. I talk to her all the time. I love her to death. Like we're super close. And like, I kind of just, we all, we all, we, we connected and, and he, his wife and I just became very good friends. And then, you know, maybe like a year or so later, I was going through a lot of hard times, mm-hmm. um, in life. And I kind of, you know, reached out and they were there for me. And then, you know, they were like, you know what, like maybe we should turn this into music. I was like, I would love that. And, you know, I kind of just, went back over to LA from New York and mm-hmm. I just kind of worked on this and, and through the process of working on an album trying to work out all of my frustrations and fears and sadness and all these really bad things that were happening to me I found 
this comfort and safe space in, you know, with, with Billy being there and supporting and kind of helping my creative, you know, creativeness shine instead of, you know, dimming it. And he, he really lets you, lets you do your thing while obviously lending his extreme talents and kind of just happened after that, you know, (laughs) just that evolvement where he kind of turned into it. Yeah. That's that is uh, that's that's good good luck and uh, a, a good pairing for sure. Yeah, uh, totally, totally. So new music wise, uh, yeah. do do you have a, a full album in mind, and uh, and how how's it going to compare? If you do, uh, how's it going to compare musically to Broken? Hmm. I think every time I write, um, it's always going to be evolving right yeah. you never want to do the same thing too many times so um I, I there are already a whole lot of songs that are already you know done mm-hmm. uh or demoed that we're actually testing a whole bunch of them live um so if anyone wants to come down to any of these shows in florida <laughs> with non-point come see us um you'll hear some brand new stuff that has not been released yet very nice as well as some of the stuff that people know but yeah so there i was i i'm always a fan of the albums more than i am of the singles because yeah. for me listening to it as a as a listener i want the whole story that can be told through an album and that's what i want to share yeah uh but i know these days it's a little bit different and a lot of people you know we did release broken as a single mm-hmm. just to kind of give people something in the meantime while we're working on this so i think it'll be a little bit different but not too much i mean i think the more the more i write the better i get yeah so hopefully hopefully everyone will love it when it comes out very nice was was that what you were working on i saw uh on uh instagram you were in atlanta with uh cory lowry was that uh correct you you're working on it at that time sweet i'm working yeah i mean constantly. we're always writing constantly uh, yeah. constantly with many people just trying to you know get get as much material as possible and then the best wins very nice <laughs> very nice well okay yeah. we, we've talked music we've talked uh history i've got a few random questions now just a couple um okay now you you uh you went to school in miami but you are a new yorker uh new york Correct. is known for a lot of things but it's definitely known for its food that's a fact Mm-hmm. I am a food guy. I love talking food on this show, and I like to ask my guests, if I'm coming to your hometown, uh, where should I go? So let's say you're getting off a real long tour. You just got back to New York. What's the restaurant that you have to go to to sort of feel at home? Obviously, a home-cooked meal is good, but what what restaurant makes you say, yeah, I'm back in New York. This is it. Hmm. You know what's so awesome about New York? There's so many restaurants and literally you could stumble into anywhere <laughs> and get an amazing meal because it's so great. But honestly, any pizza joint nice. that looks like it's a hole in the wall yeah. is probably the best of all time. Yes. And you can just stumble in there and, you know, get a great meal. Also, I am a sushi fan and I don't really get to eat it so much uh, on the road. Um, so if I'm ever home, I just try to try to grab some of that while I can. Nice, I like it. Well, now, now this is uh, this is a little taboo here, but uh, have have you on tour had any uh, Chicago style pizza? I know that's 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 horrible to say to a New Yorker, but have have you tried New York or Chicago style pizza? Hmm. Not on tour, but when I was younger, when I went out to Chicago yeah. for the first time, I did try it. Was it, uh, how to how to compare? Hmm. That was the last time I had it. <laughs> 
<laughs> that was that no. Was there's it. nothing wrong with it. It's it's, it's pizza. Any pizza, it's pizza. You can't you can't go wrong with it. But Correct. I'm still gonna stay true to my new my New York uh, pizza. So Thank you. Well. Cor- correct response. Yeah. It's pizza. Yes, very correct. Uh, correct. Okay, another another random question. You're a fan of spikes. You seem to w- uh, wear yeah. a lot. Uh, have you ever accidentally impaled yourself or anyone else with your spikes? Have they ever become dangerous uh, accidentally? Jeez. Well, not the gloves. Okay. Uh, but one time I have, like, spikes on the back of my shoes sometimes. Yeah. And there was one really pointy one, and I tried to, like, cr- and they go up pretty high. I tried to, like, cross my legs and, like, hit myself in Ooh. the other leg. I was like, oh, Ooh. this is bad. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. But okay. ever since then, I learned. That was the first <laughs> time I wore them, though. So now I, I'm a pro now. I, I'm a professional now you, with them. You yeah. are aware where all your spikes are at all times. So Correct. You know. Very nice. A hundred percent, yeah. Now, yeah. last one. I've I've heard uh, you're a big fan of the beach. Um, yeah. When when you go to the beach, you you don't the, you go in beach gear, right? It's not in your your performance gear, right? I just want to. I don't know. I mean, like my bathing suits are still pretty rocker. Oh, as, I mean, oh. that's just a style that I like. It's just honestly, that's the style that I like. Nice. Like, it's not like my, my clothes aren't really costumes so much as it's just clothes I like to wear. Like right now I'm wearing my, I'm wearing spikes in my boots right now. That's and I'm spikes. just in the bandwagon outside of a laundromat. You know, you just, you're so, always you prepared. Know. Always be ready. You, you are a boy scout with your, with your gear. I like it. I like Correct. it. Wear it all Correct. the time. But yeah, no. Okay. Yeah, bathing suit at the beach. I'm not gonna wear like full on pants. That'd be crazy. I'm guessing. I'm guessing you're not gonna have time to go to the beach on this tour. You've got too many stops, right? Uh, I don't think so. I don't yeah. think we're gonna be able to do it. You're but, gonna be uh, right we'll there. We'll be able to hit every stage, though. Yeah. You're gonna... I'd rather play though than go to the beach. Two... That's for sure. I'd rather play a rock show. Well, you get to play two blocks away. You'll be on the second floor, so no doubt you'll be able to. Well, it'll be dark, but. You'd be able to see it if it was <laughs> if it was daytime. It'd be good. Speaking of that, awesome. you've got several shows. Like we said tonight on Wednesday, uh, you you're performing Destin Club LA. Uh, Thursday, you're performing Fort Lauderdale at Revolution Live. Friday is House of Blues in Orlando. Saturday is the Ritz in Tampa, and then Jacksonville Beach on Sunday, topping it all off at the Surfer. Uh, going to be all great shows, so listeners in the area, make sure you make it to one of them. Uh, probably the best bet for you guys would be Jacksonville Beach. Uh, make sure you make it out. Madam Mayhem show with non-point, obviously. Fantastic. May, I want to thank you for taking the time to talk to us today. Of course. Thank you for having me. This is fun. Yes. Listeners, you can check out all things Madam Mayhem at madammayhem.com. That's with an E at the end, so M-A-D-A-M-E mayhem.com. You can follow her on Instagram at Madam Mayhem and on Twitter at Mayhem Official. Right now, let's take a listen to the newest single, Broken, right here on the Doc G Show.
changing, overtaking. I see that you're right. And we are back here on the Doc G Show, Spinnaker Radio, WSKRLP 95.5 FM in Jacksonville, Florida. You just heard both Them Evils and Madam Mayhem. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you did. Yeah. Yeah, you did. Good interviews, man. I didn't know. Me and me, me and me and May at Miami at the same time. That's right. Think how many times you could have crossed paths. Probably. Think about it. A couple times. Couple times would be my guess, and then them evils. Two two geniuses right there. Well, at least one. What? Uh, her. At least one. Her. <laughs> um, just just in case she's like she's listening to the broadcast right now. Like what? Is he calling himself a genius and one? me not? <laughs> you not He's me? A fake doctor. Not me. <laughs> um. Yeah, and thanks to them evils, man. They seem like a good time. That's right. We're going to have to go out Dude, to... they'd be a great time. Go out to L.A., party with those fellas. Um, oh, yeah. Dave, it's time. It's time to give a little shout-out. A little credit to those folks that are listening, man. Say what? Yeah, wh- who listened to us uh, this past week? Well, first of all, Mozambique. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Specifically, Always. but not exclusively, Maputo. Specifically, but not exclusively. Shout out. Uh, shout out to those guys. Uh, shout out. Yes, sir. A lot of listens coming in this week from them. Shout out, shout out to Hotlanta. Shout I love out. it. I love it. Ooh, ATL giving dirty, us dirty. giving us all kinds of listens, and I appreciate it because they're pretty awesome. Uh, Peace up. Eight town down. Dave, are you ready for the random Virginia listen? Oh, yeah. What's our random... Random small farm town of Virginia. Which one was it? Shout out to Stanton, Virginia. Yeah. Stanton. Oh, probably after the, uh, what was Stanton, Edwin Stanton. He was the uh, Secretary of Defense or something. Nice. Big. Good good history dig, Dave. Good history Thanks, dig. Thanks, man. It's hot. I, I feel like that's. I feel like that's who he was definitely named. Hot after. take. It had to be. I'll follow up. HTH. I'm, I'm following up on it, man. I'm doing it. I'll let you know. Yes. Uh, better. Virginia is for Doc G lover. Shout out to those guys. Shout out. Um, <laughs> yeah, it is. Let's go across the pond. This is a this this one just rolls off the tongue for the Irish. Porter Langdon. Okay. Porter Langdon, Ireland. Yeah, Porter Lingdon. Yeah, that was an awful, right? awful impersonation. Yeah. I'm never gonna do that again. That that that's totally though for <laughs> Irish people right there. Porter Langdon, Porter Langdon. Yep, it's uh-huh. so good, man. Nice, so I good. like how you you got a nice end to it. Well, it it just, it, it just rolls. Flows. It rolls for it, yeah. man. I'm sure they're sitting there like yep. that's not how we sound at all, you moron. Nope, no. <laughs> But it's fine. It's fine. You guys sound awesome, and thanks for listening. Uh, also, of course, shout out Genoa. Yeah, shout they're out. still there. Oh yeah, classics. Oh yeah. You know, and and shout Classic out like the salami. Shout out to a group that's getting there. 
they're they're starting to become part of the Doc G family, family just like Genoa and Mozambique. Shout out to Portland. Shout Portland out. again, keeping it Portland, up. Portland, Oregon. Yeah. You go, guys. Keeping it up. And and somebody that's already part of the Doc G family. Shout out Citrus Heights, our West Coast connection. Repping all day, every Ye-ye. day. Love them. Lastly, shout out Charleston, South Carolina. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for all the listens, guys. Uh, Dave. Thank y'all. It's yes, time. Sir. Second birthday. So, are you ready? I'm ready. We, we had some good ones. This, I had to choose. There, I actually had to be a little uh, yeah, picky. Yeah, deep, yeah, deep pool there. Yeah, well, and especially since I knew we were gonna have two guests, so I was like, oh, we're only gonna have time to do two birthday suits. So then I had to get even mm-hmm. pickier, you know. Ooh, yeah. yeah. But this is a good one. Trust me, this is a good one. Here we go. Born in Hamburg, okay. Arkansas. Hmm. Since it's mm-hmm. Arkansas, we'll say Hamburg instead of so the true. German Hamburg. <laughs> Hamburg. <laughs> Hamburg, yeah. Arkansas, September 25th, 1965. Our birthday suit wearer mm-hmm. was the youngest of 12 children. Jeez. 12. Our birthday suit. poor mother. Yeah. Yeah. Our birthday suit wearer loved basketball playing throughout high school and earned all conference as a senior, but sadly didn't get any scholarship offers. So, he went to the University of Central Arkansas, Conway. Hmm. Uh, While he was in college, he went from 6'1 to 6'8. Wait, what? A growth spurt that led him to average 23.6 points, 10 rebounds, Mm -hmm. Mm 4.3 assists to the game, and be an All-American. He was Mm. drafted fifth. Overall, in the 1987 draft by the Seattle Supersonics. That's a fact. But he was traded immediately to the Chicago Bulls. He went on to be a... Scotty Pippen. Scotty Pippen is correct. The Raging Bull. Yes, indeed. Scotty Pippen. I never knew that. Yeah, man. He was he was basically an unknown until his junior and senior year, and then he was a tall, athletic, dynamic dude that was just dominating basketball. And since he was in, Crazy. I guess it was either Division Two or Division Three. It wasn't Division One. Mm-hmm. He was just like completely just annihilating competition. Yeah. I mean, he's a top 50 NBA all-time player, yeah. so I could just yeah. imagine. Yeah, he went on, of course, to be six-time NBA champion, seven-time All-Star, seven-time All-NBA, ten-time All-Defensive Team, and two-time Olympic gold medal winner, and, as you said, one of the top 50 NBA all-time. Yes. yes. Scotty. Happy Pippen. birthday, Scotty. And, you know, I came to a realization while I was doing this that, that Pippen never won Defensive Player of the Year. Nope. I was sure yeah. he had won Defensive Player of the Year. Like, I had I had stuck that in my head. In fact, I haven't done it, but I was thinking. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure I told that to uh, Andy Frasco I think I heard- when we were debating yeah, I was say, yeah. our, our all-time mm-hmm. teams. I think I did, mm-hmm. which he should have called me out on. 
but he was not there with his facts. So he true. Did not know. He was too nice, or he was just too nice. I don't didn't believe it. Insult you. He oh, didn't know the facts. Oh. <laughs> I didn't. I don't believe it. He didn't oh. know the facts, man. But I'm sad because he totally should have. He should have. He was yeah, one of the best defensive definitely. players of all time, man. He could shut some people down, but he didn't win it for sure. He was on first team. First team is either five or seven times that he was first team. Uh, all defensive team, but he did not win. Uh, I looked at several rankings. Uh, a lot of put uh, people put him as the best defensive player that never won defensive player of the year. Yes! Some people put Tim ah. Duncan as the best defensive player to never win defensive Ooh, player of the year. Man. Regardless. Yeah, that's a tough one. Regardless. Yeah. SP, man. SP. Fun fact. SP33. Fun fact. Uh, I mm. scored the most points. Uh, I ever did in team basketball wearing a pair of Scotty uh, Scotty Pippen shoes. Yeah. Oh, you stud you. Yeah, it was. Well, it, it, and I say team basketball because it wasn't actually a a season game organized. It, no, oh. it was at it was at uh, when we were doing a uh, a. Um, a like camp a preseason when type we were thing. doing a yeah. uh, when we did a camp. I had I had uh, how many thirty six points. How many? Yeah. Holy. Yeah, I went to town. Goodness gracious. I was not anywhere close to that in any season ever. Nope. But in that one camp game, I was on, and I credit it all to Scotty Pippen to shoes. To the shoes. All it's got to be the shoes. All Scotty Pippen shoes. They were the ones that were awesome. They came out right after the uh, up tempos. If you remember, the up tempos had the giant yeah, the air up-tempos. on they the say side. Air on the side. Yeah, yep. They came out after that. They had the exact same design, except instead of air, it just had these little squiggly, cool gel lines on the side. And then on the back, it had his logo, which was two P's, two P's facing oh. the opposite direction. Dope shoe, man. One of my favorites. Right up there with the Jordans. One of my favorite. Anyways, I got sidetracked on shoes. Happy birthday, Scotty Pippen. (laughs) Happy birthday. Other than that, it's time for me to tell you about awesome shows. We got them. Big Smo, The Vagabonds, Doug Seeger, The Shook Twins, Blackberry Smoke, so many others. The people... I, we're probably going to get rejected by everybody that I'm trying to get on the show for the the uh, Thanksgiving special, Dave. Mm, but if I get one, get a, if I get one yeah. of these people, you're gonna lose. You're gonna lose Sweet. it. They're awesome. It's gonna be lit. I can't because I can't drop names right now because they'll probably all reject nope, me. Don't but, you do it. Don't you do it. You're gonna lose it if one of them says it because they're gonna be. There's some awesome, awesome options. Anyways, until next time, guys. I have been your host. Doc G with me as always, Dave Burles Berlin. Thinking about shaving my beard. What? For next time I'll just have the mu- the mustache. Oh, just the mustache next nice. show. Nice. We'll see. Do it. Stay tuned. Do it. We'll have oh, yeah. to post it on. If, it, we'll have to post it on Instagram if you do it. That'll be amazing. Yeah. I won't Hell do yeah. it because I I can't. I can't depart you're, with my you're, beard. You're a teacher. I'm too. Yeah, I'm too. Well, <laughs> I like how you, they they may arrest you for being a pedophile if you have a mustache. What? I'm sorry. You can't. You can't do it. You'll be thrown off campus forever. Uh, Anyways, until next time, zip it up and zip it out. Zippity-doo-dah.